If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. You know the rules of the game. Yeah. You know the rules of the game. I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I won't talk to you. Hey, I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on do what I want to do. Have kids, go live my trip and joy in the games life out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bellar, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-hosts. Fellas, how you feeling? What's up? What's up? It's your boy, Jalen, man. It's just a filler today. Hey. Uh, <laughs> our boys, Jared and Kelly, they are on their way here, man. They're on the other side of town, but feeling great, man. It's a lovely Saturday. We've been moving and grooving, getting some things accomplished. We got a very, very special guest on the podcast today. Yes. Can't wait to get things kicked off. Yes, indeed. Uh, today we have none other than Miss Raven Magwood. She's a young lady out of South Carolina doing good work. She's a author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, investor. So we just had to get on the podcast because she's doing dope things. So Raven, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing, doing great. great. Doing Love great. it. <laughs> Once again, I just want to say thank you for coming on. And we can't wait to really just get some of those gems that you got. And we're just going to dive right on into it. Okay. Can you kind of explain to the guests, like, who you are and, like, what's your background? I'm an author and motivational speaker. I started in this space when I was just 12 years old. That's when I published my first book and gave my first speech for Stedman Graham in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so ever since then, I've been on a journey of inspiring people. So 
Then at 12, I was also a freshman in high school, ended up graduating from high school, 16, 5.1 GPA, went to Clemson, graduated from there when I was 19. And then as soon as I graduated, started filming my first movie. And so everything I do, whether it's a book, a movie, a speech, I just want people to walk away a better person because of something I said, something I did. And I really live my life by the quote, your life may be the only Bible that another person reads. And so just by me living my life, I just want people to be the best versions of themselves as possible. Oh, that's dope. That's heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I kind of want to like dive a little bit deeper. I like, mean, yeah. First off, you wrote your first book at 12. Like, <laughs> can we go into that? Like, how was that? Like, first, what was the inspiration of the book? And like, how did that, how you navigate that at you such a young age? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I'll start by saying, like, I never wanted to be like an author and motivational speaker. That wasn't something I just grew up wanting to be. But at that time, I was a national gymnastics champion, and I had skipped two grades. And so I had a teacher tell me just to write about it, write it down, write down how you felt, write down the hard work that went into that process. And as I was writing, I realized I could help other people by showing them not only my successes, but my setbacks and failures during that time as well. And so written in the eyes of an 11-year-old, I just ended up publishing this book when I was 12, and people really got inspired by it. And it's a book that's still being used like in elementary and middle schools to this day. I spoke at a middle school before the COVID shut down to some sixth graders who are reading the book. So it's really awesome to see the impact that it has years later. Hey, that's that's hella dope. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I kind of want to go into a little bit too, like growing up. So after you wrote that book, what was it like after that? How'd you start to navigate? Like now you have four books. Did you just mm-hmm. say, okay, man, I really love this writing thing. Did you find out that was your passion or did you kind of shy away from it? Yeah, initially I it still didn't hit me. That's just what I wanted to do. I was just a 12-year-old that was being paid to speak at different places. And, you know, when you're 12 and someone offers you two or $300 to speak, you think you're rich, you know? So I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm rich. Like I can give a speech and make some money. But I didn't really understand the true impact that I could have on people. But then it was like my fourth or fifth speech. Mind you, I'm still 12 years old. And a 40-year-old man came up to me afterwards and he had tears in his eyes. And he said that he had tried to commit suicide three times in his life. And he said that he was actually planning on going home again that day and trying again. But he said after seeing a 12-year-old just be so passionate about life and seeming to understand her purpose and just really looking at the positive in life, he was like, I promise you right here, right now, I'll never try to take my life again. And Mm. so that was the moment where I was like, okay, I could do this. I'm inspiring people. I'm impacting people. And that was where the light bulb went off of me wanting to do this. And then as I got older, I just realized, okay, there's a way to monetize this. I want this to be my career. So when I was about to graduate from college, you know, I'm 18, 19, figuring out what I'm going to do after school, I realized, okay, let me find a way to become an entrepreneur in this aspect. So I really started charging my worth for speeches. I started selling more books. I got into different spaces that allowed me to do this for a living. And it's just been awesome. Hey, that's some powerful, powerful, like impactful. And it speaks volumes to that. It don't matter how old you are or Mm -hmm. whatever, like you can impact someone at any level Mm -hmm. and even being written in, like you said, the words of an 11 year old, 
That's right. probably the most plain and simple that you're going to find it. And that was able to impact someone on that much of a monumental scale. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I just kind of want to build on that and like just talk <laughs> about one thing you mentioned was that, that positivity and like the power of positivity and the way you pursued entrepreneurship. I think that's real important that everybody like understands that 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 should be one of the things you do whenever you coming into entrepreneurship, you should be wanting to provide solutions and like right. light for people, not just trying to make money. So like, I just exactly. love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's very important that you impact people. And like you said, you're solving a problem because that's what entrepreneurship is all about. And I'll talk to budding entrepreneurs all the time and they're like, well, Raven, what's my purpose or how do I make money or how do I go about this thing? And I always say to find the intersection between your passion and what you like to do and then how you can fulfill a need. And that's how you'll make your money doing something that you really enjoy. If you just go after the money, you're going to burn yourself out. You're probably not going to enjoy yourself and you're not going to necessarily have that impact on people. And then if you're just going after your passion, there's a very good chance that you're not going to make any money because you haven't put those entrepreneurship skills behind it. But if you can truly find that intersection. Like for me, my passion is speaking and writing and helping people. And then of course, I'm fulfilling a need by going into schools and going into businesses and speaking to CEOs and giving them the tools to live up to their full potential. So by doing that, I'm doing what I love and then I'm able to get a check for it too. So it's just been an awesome experience. And I love that you bring that part up because that was the next thing I wanted to kind of get into. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're young and now you're starting to get paid going to these different speaking engagements. Um, Growing up, were you taught about financial literacy? Like, how did you manage that money? And once you said, like, you know, I really want to pursue this, and you figured out I'm going to monetize this, like, how did you Mm -hmm. handle all of that? Yeah, I definitely had good role models. My parents do very well, and my mom's very good with money. And so she's just one of those moms that would have me sit down with her and go through things and look at things in a different way. Um, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which really opened my eyes to, you know, how to utilize your assets and create cash flow in a way that, you know, you'll be set for life, so to speak. And so that really kind of changed my life and how I view things. And then, you know, research. I am a Googler. (laughs) I love to find out things, learn things. And that's what I would do. So when it came to monetizing the things that I do now, It was a lot of research. It was a lot of watching success stories, taking online courses, and just getting into a space that I've never been before and trying to get the most information that I could so that I could be successful at it. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, that's dope. And that's really dope that, like you said, you had the role models to show you mm-hmm. how to really take advantage of it um, and how to really just manage your finances. And it's also dope that you're able to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because yeah. I know how oh, yeah. that book is <laughs> that, like That book, everyone. honestly, is what was like the impetus for us starting this all together. Okay, it was awesome. like, just like we, we didn't get it till we were 23. And it's like, once we kind of learned like the ideas behind the book, we're like, man, we really need to share this information with people because it's like, this book is, this too, is valuable like, it's too valuable. To like it's a away. different lifestyle. It's a different game that we actually playing. And you can really live a fuller life if you are willing to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So true. So true. And you know, sometimes it's just changing your frame of thinking just a little bit. 
that can really have a huge impact on your life. You know, there's so many things in there in that book that seem like quote unquote common sense that don't even seem like a big deal in a sense. But when you really apply it to your life, you can completely change it. And I just think that's awesome. So Raven, I did want to ask you, like whenever you started monetizing the motivational speaking, Mm -hmm. how did you go about like, you know, branding and marketing yourself? Because, you know, a lot of people, they want to get into those type of things. They Mm want to get into public speaking, but they don't really know how to get started. Yeah. I think the first thing is, number one, making sure that this is actually a calling and something that you're supposed to do, because I think there's so many ways to inspire people. And that's something that I've kind of found through my experience over the years. There are people with fantastic stories that may not necessarily be a motivational speaker, so to speak. You know, they may write amazing books. They could be awesome with a podcast. They could be awesome in so many different ways, even with smaller groups. But then when it comes to speaking in front of thousands and or tens of thousands of people, it just doesn't go off as well. And of course, you know, practice makes perfect. But I think there's a certain calling that you do have to have to be able to speak in that way. And when I just started speaking, that's why I just feel like it's a God thing overall, because I was so nervous. I was so shy. This isn't something I wanted to do. It was just situations that presented itself where it was like, okay, well, I can't turn down this opportunity. Let me do it. And then I would end up getting the standing ovations and people crying after and people sending me messages after saying, after applying my skill set and the things that I was teaching, how their lives have changed and just getting that confirmation all the time from that. And so for me, when I started getting this confirmation and I knew, okay, this is what I do want to do. And I feel like I'm called to do this. I would give a bunch of free speeches. I just wanted to get in front of crowds and really hone my craft and just see what people responded to and what they didn't. And a lot of those free speeches ended up making me thousands and thousands of dollars because someone in the audience would say, okay, I have an organization that I want you to come speak to. Um, I want you to come speak to my church, come to my school. We'll get the district to pay you to speak to three of our schools. And so it became like a snowball effect from there just by me saying, I just want to get some free speeches. And so you just have to be willing to do the work, to practice and understand, okay, if this is what you're called to do, maybe just get out there and not be worried about the money initially. And your brand and your story will speak for itself. And that's what it's done for me. And, you know, I thank God for the opportunities that I was able to get because it's really led me to this point. Hey, and that speaks (laughs) volumes too. Like you said, when you've done it, for free, but also how you kind of say, you know, you were putting these positions where it's kind of like, I can't really turn it down. So I definitely see what you're saying. Like it was a calling from God because mm-hmm. opportunity is just like the perfect time. And once the opportunity comes knocking, you can't really turn it down. If it's just like right there, it's just like, man, this is too perfect, too good to be true. Why would I even turn this down? And like you said, and then after the way that the crowd received it, that's that validation point. Like, okay, this was worth it. I'm glad I didn't turn it down. There is something there for me. So that's awesome. Exactly. And it's been an amazing journey and an amazing experience. So I do kind of want to pivot now Mm (laughs) because you mentioned earlier, you were like a national championship winning gymnastics. (laughs) And then you also said, well, before we got on that you own gym, right? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. What was that like? What made you want to go after owning a gym? Once again, God thing, because I was not a person. You know, some people say I want to have a basketball facility. I want to have a gymnastics facility. Those are things that some people really want. And I never had that thought in my head ever. And so what ended up happening after I stopped gymnastics 
you know, a few years ago, I started coaching and that was completely, once again, accident. Um, One of my good friends that was a former teammate, she ended up having to leave suddenly and move to a different state and the girls were going to be left without a coach. And gymnastics is highly specialized. You can't really get anyone off the street to be a gymnastics coach. So she kind of begged and pleaded, Raven, can you please just for six months um, coach these girls? And I didn't mind. It's an after school job for a few hours. It's not like a full nine to five or anything. So I was like, yeah, you know, I can coach these girls after school for six months. And it ended up turning into a year. It ended up turning into two years. And then the owner of the gym was in his 70s and wanted to retire and wanted to sell the gym. And so he kind of pulled me aside one day and said, Raven, the way you interact with the girls is amazing. The parents love you. You really have a vision for not only what's happening in the gym, but with the girls in their lives. And he's like, I love you like a daughter. Would you like to buy the gym from me? And so around the same time, my mom, who's co-owner of the gym, she was selling a property downtown and she wanted to do a 1031 exchange and she was trying to find something to invest in as well. So I was like, you know what, let me go in with her on this. And I kind of presented everything to her. I said, mom, I have something for you to, you know, put that money into. And so we just really sat down one weekend. I went through all the numbers with her. I went through what we could potentially make profit wise. I went through, you know, what I was going to do and what I was going to provide for the business. And she was all in. And we closed in a record amount of time, took over our enrollment grew by two or three hundred percent just in that first year. And I mean, it was just amazing. And it's something that I, I truly enjoy. I'm able to go in and impact girls' lives even to this day, you know, being a co-owner, but also being a coach for some of the girls. And, you know, I have a small group of girls. I coach the higher level gymnasts. We have other coaches in there coaching the other girls, but it just gives me something to do where I know I'm being a regular mentor to these girls for a few hours a day. And I love it. That's beautiful. Like I just, oh man. Make your heart jump. Man, (laughs) it's such a great example. Like what, like when we talk about this movement, like mm-hmm. this, what your mom's doing with you, with, did with you to start that gym, like that's generational wealth. Even the okay, yeah. or the, yeah. with the financial strategy and like the- Yeah, just keep talking made. about it from young and like yeah. really, like once you became of age, you understood how to come to your mom and like, look mom, you got this investment money. I got this investment. We can make this happen. And then now it's just a business that you turned it, like you scaled the business up. Right, exactly. Man, I love it, bro. I just love it. Yeah, I love it too. And I I like how you're, as we keep on going through your story, like something sticking out to me is like, you're always obedient Mm -hmm. and you're always whenever, Yeah, faithful whenever it's time for something to come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be. And like you're faithful and even whenever those opportunities come, you could have said, you know, I don't have time to do this for these girls or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to really focus on my speaking engagement, trying to hone my crafts. But you say, you know what, let me give back. Let me do it. And through that, you know, you sold the seed for six months. Then you ended up three years later, you got rewarded with the whole gym. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> right. I mean, and you have to just keep those open ears and keep that open mind in anything you do. Because, you know, I don't always listen the first time. There's times where I feel a little tugging on my heartstrings. I'm like, no, that's not God. Or, you know. No, or even like it could be a relationship, it could be anything. You see red flags, you're like, oh no, I need another sign. You know, you go through things like that. And, um, you know, things would just constantly happen where it's like, okay, God's giving you a sign to move forward in this direction or not move forward in this direction. 
And now it's up to me to listen and step out on faith. And every single time I've done that, I've just seen amazing results from it. And that's just how I choose to live my life now. Hey, that's a word at that. Cause like, I think too often we never, it comes to the thing like with faith and fear. That's what I think it is. It's like, you gotta go and do it eventually. Like, you know, right. whenever you keep getting that little feeling on you, like the thing that stops you is always fear. You just gotta right. be it faithful, is. like mm-hmm. to push through that. Exactly. Man. Exactly. I <laughs> so I kind of want to move further along. And you know how you say you're a screenwriter. So I want to talk about like, what is that like writing a movie mm-hmm. and the importance of having black writers in our community also? Yeah, I'm a creative. I love just creating things from scratch. So whether it's a book or a movie or whatever it is, I just love when I'm able to turn those wheels in my mind and make a world, make a scene, make a movie. And so it's fun for me. But yeah, you have to be in that creative mindset, that creative space, because when you start a screenplay, you're looking at a blank page and through your words, through that dialogue, through your descriptions, you're literally creating an entire movie. And so it's fun. It can be a little overwhelming at times, but I enjoy it. I just finished a screenplay a couple of weeks ago that we're working on now. We're in the development phases. And then as soon as we're able to, you know, we'll be able to film it. And I'm just super, super excited about it. And, you know, it's fun, but making a movie, it's a whole different process from a book because a book, it really is me, myself, and I, you know, Mm -hmm. I can go into a room, I can write with my computer, I can be alone, even the publishing process, they're sending me edits and they're sending me things. And it's really just me and meeting my own deadlines. But when it comes to a movie, once I'm done writing, now we're working with other producers and we're working with a director and actors and your crew and lighting and you know you bring hundreds sometimes even thousands of people together to make this two hour long movie and so it's just a completely different experience where you have to collaborate with so many more people but it's still fun and you know when you see a final product and once again i'm able to see how i'm impacting or inspiring someone it just makes it completely worth it I love it. So can we go a little bit deeper into like, when was the first time you wrote a movie and what inspired that? Yeah, I wrote my first screenplay. It was inspired by one of my books that I wrote. The book is called Double Sided. I wrote when I was 13 and then the movie's called Switching Lanes. And that was the movie we did when I graduated from Clemson. And Tommy Ford, Tommy from Martin, he directed the movie. He was my mentor in this space before he passed away. And so it's just, it was great. It was fun being on set. He's hilarious. So it was just a really fun time. But yeah, that's kind of what started me off. I didn't go to film school or anything like that. But I knew when people kept telling me my book could be a movie, I said, well, let me be the one to write it. And so once again, I'm a Googler. I got on Google and I really researched how to write a screenplay and the elements that go into a screenplay and how to do it. And I ended up writing my very first screenplay. And then when I let professionals read it who were in this industry and in this space and they enjoyed it and loved it and asked what school I went to, I was like, wow, you know, I, I was able to do that from Google. So then I ended up, (laughs) right. So I ended up selling that screenplay. We filmed it, independent film. And so even though it wasn't a huge movie, you know, it didn't come out in theaters or anything like that. It was on the film festival circuit. We won awards and it was just fun. And so now the next movies I do, they'll be bigger and they'll be bigger budgets and I'm just super excited about it. Hey, that's amazing. And for those who might be interested in like starting to screenwrite or they're like they'll be like you never went to film school. 
after they're like done with their finished product, who do they go to to try to say, okay, I got this movie. I want you to look at this because not everybody's going to have the outlets and the connections. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And once again, I think it's about being obedient because I didn't have any connection at all to this space. And I actually, the reason it came about is I had an interview for my third book at a TV station in Atlanta. And I was actually going to not do the interview because it was a live interview on the same night as the opening ceremony for the Olympics. And so I told my mom, I was like, no one's going to watch me do this interview because everyone's going to be watching the opening ceremony. But she said, you know, Raven, you made a commitment. Let's go ahead and just go to Atlanta and do the interview. So I did. And someone who was on um, set and he was being interviewed on the show as well, he was a film producer. And so at the end of the show, he ended up, you know, asking me if I was writing anything or have I written a screenplay. And I happened to have a finished screenplay that I sent to him. And within weeks, they had greenlit it to shoot. And so that's why I'm just very big on, you know, following steps and following that voice in your head, listening to God, because people will say, you know, I don't have the connections that you do. But I didn't have that connection before at all. It was really just me being obedient. But, you know, the suggestion I give to other people is to network, you know, get in that space, whether it's an association, a film association, calling up a producer who may not be Spike Lee, but, you know, maybe on the the rise and maybe you can talk to really just open yourself up to meeting new people and presenting your ideas when the time comes. You know, it's hard to just submit your stuff to a huge studio because they kind of have their slate and what they're doing. But if you can start on the independent route and really make a name for yourself and have a signature style, then it just gets bigger and bigger from there. I love it. That's how you get into the game. (laughs) Because like, like, I think that's really with anything like you just said, because there's nothing that you going to do that you can't not do just the work for. You're going to have to do the work at one point. like anything. Mm-hmm. And some people just don't realize it. <laughs> they don't realize the amount of work that goes into being a success, no matter what it is, whether you're an entrepreneur, an athlete, an influencer, whatever you are. I mean, you don't just wake up and have that status. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of work and a lot of that work goes unpaid and it goes unnoticed. But if you're willing to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, you'll eventually see the fruits of your labor. Damn, that's a bar right there. Um, I kind of want to go back because you talked about like publishing on the movie side, but the books. You, yeah, you also talked about it with the books. With that, did you go the self-publishing route or did you did? Yeah, and- I went the self-publishing route. And, you know, I've enjoyed my experience as a self-publisher and the publishing company that I use. They're almost like a hybrid. They have a lot of the things that you would get from a traditional publishing company. But then, of course, you're self-publishing. You're doing a lot of the work yourself and making sure it's right. But I'm an executor, so I really understand how things work. And, you know, I'm fine putting in the work in that aspect. But then, you know, when it's done, it's distributed everywhere. So whether you want to get the book from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million, you can get it. And so I don't have a distribution problem whatsoever. And, um, I'm able to keep more of my profits because I self-published. And I mean, it's been quite the experience. It's been fun. Um, I've gotten so many people to read the book and give me five-star reviews. Um, But once again, self-publishing does take a little bit more work on the front end, but I think you'll be satisfied on the back end when you see things coming together and you see the fruits of your labor. I appreciate that. (laughs) I was going to say, with self-publishing, so you didn't use the Amazon KDP. Like, that's not the same thing. I know I did. 
I do have an account with them for my eBooks. So for mm-hmm. my book, The Seven Practices of Prosperous Women, it is available through um, like Kindle. Mm-hmm. So I do have a KDP account with Amazon, but it's not just an ebook. It's a physical book as well. So I have paperbacks and hardbacks that are available with Amazon, Barnes and Noble and other, you know, the bigger stores where you can get physical copies. And I think that's important for people to see too, though, because like you did the self-publishing route, you got like the mm-hmm. other distribution network, but you still got like other ways you get in your right. book sold too. Cause I'm pretty sure you sell it off your own website. You sell it exactly. like all these different places because you got to get your product Speaking in front of, of people. Yeah. Yeah. And with this book, I was very specific about wanting it available in many different avenues. So I have the paperback, have the hardback, have the ebook, and I'm working on an audio book now, which will mm. be available soon. So you have no excuse for Audible, I got you. You know, I love it. I'm an audiobook uh, fiend. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be on Audible soon, and I'll let everybody know through my social media and email lists when it's available. You want to self-narrate it? Oh, yeah, I narrated the entire things, and I'm actually editing it. That was a quarantine project of mine, so um, it'll be finished probably in the next couple of weeks, and then um, it takes 30 days to get on Audible. <laughs> she just blew me away, bro. Like, <laughs> where is this? Where We're like, where, 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 where did he find you? Like, where did he, you know, amazing. I'm going like, to find one like me. No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> what of a kind. But, yeah. My philosophy in life, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. And so mm. for me, like once I set my mind to something, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to give an excuse about why it's not happening. So, Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And with that being said, I got some more questions like with you, because I paid attention to you graduated at like a really early age and then Mm -hmm. you finished college at a really early age. Mm -hmm. Like, what was the driving factor for that? Like, did you, were you on like an advanced track or in a special program or something like that? Yeah. So, okay. I'll, I'll go way back to when I was supposed to go to kindergarten, kind of what happened there. So like when I was four turning five, my mom goes to sign me up for kindergarten and it was this smaller Christian private school. And, um, you know, they do little tests with the kids just to see where they're at. And in kindergarten, you're supposed to learn ABCs, one, two, threes, you know, just normal stuff like that. And I could multiply three-digit numbers. I could do long division. I could read chapter books. They kind of looked at my parents like, there's no need for this five-year-old to be in kindergarten. So they wanted to start me then in second grade. But my parents were just like, no, you know, she's young. She has to develop socially. So we'll let her skip kindergarten and just start school a year early and have me go to the first grade. 
So I was a year ahead at that point, and I stayed in my regular grade up until sixth grade. But when I got to sixth grade, you get your first quarter report cards, and I had straight 100s on my report card. And so the principal ended up calling me to her office and just asked me, you know, Raven, do you feel challenged at all? Um, and I was just like, no, not really. Like, <laughs> I mean, the work's easy. I didn't really have another response to that. So she talked to my mom about moving me to the seventh grade, second quarter. And so I convinced my mom to let me go to the seventh grade, second quarter, still made straight 100s. So they wanted to move me to the eighth grade, third quarter, but my parents stepped in again. My mom was like, no, she can't be 10 in the eighth grade. She needs, you know, once again, socially be with people her age. And so I stopped there. So I was 10 in the seventh grade, ended up going to the ninth grade at 12. I was still making 100s all this time, by the way. So I went to ninth grade at 12. And then my sophomore year when I was 13, my high school sits on a college campus. So they asked me if I wanted to start walking over to the college and taking classes. So at 13, I started taking college classes, like not AP, like full on college classes in a college classroom. And so by the time I graduated, that's how I had the 5.1 GPA when I was 16, because I had 48 college credits at that age. So when I did go to school, I was 16 at Clemson and I was a second semester sophomore about to start my junior year. So even with during that time, a lot of people don't know, I took a year and a half off of college because I was hosting my TV show. So even taking a year and a half off, I graduated at 19 from Clemson. When did that happen? <laughs> like, God literally just molded you and just was like, here. <laughs> <laughs> the alpha woman. <laughs> like, God. I feel like I'm talking to no, you, Norman Einstein. Or yeah, no, nah, this is dope, though. Like, you, it's real cool because, like, you're just walking in your purpose. Yeah, like, for real, though. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and plus, like, you're just so, like, humble about it. Like, you wouldn't even know. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah for sure. And, you know, and I appreciate that. And, you know, that's something I'm most proud of, that people regard me in that way. Because a lot of people say, you know, you wouldn't know anything about Raven unless you ask her a direct question. And, you know, I don't think it's for me to walk into a room and tell everyone what I do unless it comes up. But I just feel like, once again, going back to the beginning of the interview, when I said your life may be the only Bible another person reads, eventually, if you just see how I live my life, you'll kind of fall into that. And I hope I can inspire you. And, you know, I really got a manifestation of that quote my first year at school. That's when I met my best friend. And before we actually met, you know, we had mutual friends. So we would hang out sometimes. And she would joke around and say, you know, Raven is just avoiding us. She's not really doing homework. You know, she just doesn't want to hang out with us. And so when we started hanging out more and she had an issue with her roommate, ended up moving in with me, um, she went from like being on academic probation to making the dean's list. And I remember at the end of the semester, she wrote me this long letter that made me cry. And she was just like, you know, Raven, being your friend has just been amazing because, you know, you're funny and you're cool to be around, but you really brought out the best in me in this semester. And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't telling her, you know, I'm not her mom. I wasn't telling her you have to study now or you have to do this, you have to do that. But she just saw what I did and how I had fun and went to parties and dated, but still like, no, I got to sit in my dorm and get my work done. And um, just being that example and then her really changing the trajectory of her academic career showed me, you know, you don't have to beat people over the head with the Bible. 
but just provide them with a good example and then give them the choice to do what's best for their own lives. And so, yeah, that's how I live. <laughs> hey, I ain't got nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to process all of this right now. <laughs> for sure. But we can move to the last segment of the show. We will go to what's on your timeline. So Raven, we want to ask you, what's something you saw on social media that you want to talk about? Um, well, I've seen a lot of stuff on social media. Crazy. Um, I, I mean, we could go on for another hour about that. So, but today I do want to kind of keep it light because I've just been really burdened down with really what's happening in our country right now. So I'll keep it light. But I saw something that was kind of funny and it was, uh, I think I put it on my story. It was like a nutrition fact. If you drink a gallon of water a day, you'll be too busy peeing to be in other people's business. And I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, <Damn>. But <laughs> because something that I always say to people is just mind your business. You know, if you want clear skin, drink your water, wash your face, mind your business. And so that's just really, it was kind of funny, but I connected with it because it's really like how I live my life. Like mind your business. And it's not just in a smart way, really mind your business and your purpose and find out what did God put you here for? wake up every day and do that. And if people come into your life and they're not adding to that purpose and they're not adding to your business, then it's okay to love them at a distance. But mind your business each and every day. Don't get into that drama. Don't get into other people's business. Do what's best for you and you'll attract the right thing. So yeah, that's what was on my timeline. <laughs> I like that one though. Yeah, that's, like that's that. a good message for people because it's easy to mind everybody else's business. Right. <laughs> It's extremely easy to point the finger. I always thank my mom for giving me a poem. I think Ben Carson's mom had gave it to us called Yourself to Blame. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me with that. Like, hey, worry about you before you worry about right. anything else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And if you worry about yourself, you ain't going to have nothing else to worry about. <laughs> exactly. So, Raven, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show oh, with yeah, us. Thanks for having me. You guys are fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you're fun too. Could you please plug yourself in, tell the people about your books, how they could book you for speaking engagements. Just mm -hmm. let them know how they can find you. Oh, yeah. You can go to my website, www.ravenmagwood.com to book me, find more information about me, get my books. I'm active on Instagram at Raven Magwood. Same thing on Facebook at Raven Magwood. And I post a lot about what I'm doing, my new success journal, my books, all of that. If you want to keep up with me, follow me on Instagram, sign up for my newsletter. And not only will you be inspired, but you'll see what I'm up to as well. I encourage y'all to sign up. Yeah, sign I up. think I'm going to sign up as well. I might <laughs> need that word. I think I can see what she got to say. <laughs> but once again, we want to say thank you. And before we wrap up the show, we're going to end up with some house cleaning. But we just want to say thank you to everybody who keep on coming in week in and week out, just listening and rocking with us and just joining the renaissance. We want to say thank you to everybody who, if this is your first episode, thank you. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to everybody who keep on shouting us out, telling your family about it and just helping us grow. Yeah. We're glad that we can keep on getting this message out. Y'all check out our, our website. E I was going to say, um, check out the ebook, Manage Your Money Like the 1%. And also our course that we just dropped, Credit Fundamentals 101. We're trying to help people understand how credit works credit, yeah. so that instead of you just getting your credit repaired and seeing it go up and down all the time, you can really learn how to manage your credit and do it yourself, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, it's Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. I got money on my mind. 
I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing out the paper, all I know is blood, money, marriage. You can catch me with a dime piece. Me and the money inside me. Diamonds in my top piece. Diamonds in my top piece. Yeah. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing out the paper, all I know is blood, money, marathon. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.